right, guys, welcome back to episode 25 of the Three Back Podcast. Uh, I'm Evan, one of your hosts. Alongside of me is Nick Frieri on the other side of the computer. Nick, how you doing? Uh, doing well, Evan. I know we're getting ready for our uh, fantasy baseball draft tonight. We know we're starting another dynasty league here, so excited to see how it's going to shape up and see uh, which prospects go early or certain players. I know we play categories. There's a lot of strategy and what you want to target, so really looking forward to the night and uh, also get ready for the season now we're almost a couple weeks out here now. Yeah, I'm really excited. I really like doing these fantasy leagues. Um, the, uh, the categories ones specifically are really fun to me. We started playing, I think, three years ago. Um, that league fell apart this year, so uh, we're going to start kind of our own. Like you said, a lot of strategy goes into it. Should be a fun time. I know I've been doing my research on some of the good young stars in the game. So that draft will be at 8.45 Eastern tonight. Should be a great time. So let's get on into the episode here. Um, we're going to start with some free agent moves. Um, we're not going to do an... Yeah, it's probably the biggest one we were definitely tracking was kind of Freeman and Correa because like those are kind of the biggest names we would say, okay, where are these guys going? We, we expected most of the big players to sign before before like kind of lock it happened. You guys didn't, but you guys both are both going to be changing teams. Freeman... Going to head over to Dodgers. Uh, pretty lengthy contract. I know it's kind of interesting. When we, when we saw Matt Olson get traded, which we'll talk about uh, pretty senior, we knew, okay, Freeman's probably going to leave. With the Dodgers or the Yankees or some mystery team, people have the Rays. I'm like, well, the Rays, Rays are going to spend money. He's not going to raise. But uh, even the Dodgers now, and you look at that lineup, it's it's absolutely insane. I mean, their, their payroll is shot up now over two, they have a $274 million payroll now. Uh, this team has, I think, every single one of their position players has been an all star at least one time in their career. So it's it's just crazy to know, like especially now their DH is coming to the National League, like the Dodgers. Because uh, what I heard, obviously, it's just off of reports, uh, was that Freeman wasn't even aware that the Dodgers or that the sorry the Braves were going to trade for Olson. So uh, I, that's just really weird to me, you know, with the communication between the Braves and their star, who's been with them for his entire career to, you know, reach out one or two times. And that's it. That's kind of disrespectful. And if I was Freeman, I'd be kind of out for blood this year. And that Dodgers Braves, uh, those games that typically aren't really rivalries are definitely going to have some more heat to them this year. Yeah, definitely. It's also just seeing here, uh, his contact details, Freeman's going to get a uh, $27 million, uh, over six years, 162. Um, so you're setting back the clock, and Olsen's best years could be ahead of him still. So I, I think it is a really good move for the Braves. They save a lot of money. They've already saved some money with signing some of these stars like Acuna and Albies to smaller deals for what you'd see for those guys with that talent. So I, I think even in a couple years, too, the Braves are going to have more money to play with with a younger Matt Olsen. The Braves, number one and number two prospects. Uh, Pache isn't quite there at the bat yet. He's still developing, but he's going to be starting center field this year. It's going to be interesting. Got a couple more pitchers from the system. So they actually got a pretty rich return for Olsen. So I think that's what uh, they're looking for. I mean, the A's kind of do this every three to four years where they tear down the roster of like their really promising guys before they hit arbitration. And three or three years later, they made the playoffs. They did this uh, back in the early 2000s after, after the Yo Six playoff run. They needed to get after they made the playoffs in uh, through 12 through 14. And then most recently now they're doing it again after they get the playoffs uh, the three previous years uh, before last year. So it's not how they do things in threes. Now it is frustrating, especially now if you look at kind of where they're at salary wise, when this team's at $40 million, 
and they could be they could be even less if they dump Manai, who's twenty five percent of the team's payroll right now, ten million dollars, and Montez making six. So, it, if they're actually able to move those two guys, it sounds like these guys could stay put, which is kind of interesting. Like those are the guys you're going to keep, but then you trade the, the two cornerstones. Uh, they finally made a free agent move. I think they only did it because like pass and speeded out like a graphic of team spending money in the ASAP zero. Said okay, we'll do something. We'll sign we'll sign Stephen Vogt, eight hundred thousand dollar contract. So. He's a fan favorite, but he just, he's not gonna he's not gonna add much value there. But overall, it's I think his it's, third stint with the team, right? That's him. I think it's his third stint with the team. I think it's they got Lowry too, just like fourth stint with the team. Like if you look at Lowry's like baseball reference page, every other year he's played for the A's, which is kind of ridiculous. But yeah, so always got to go back. We'll, we'll talk about win totals later, but this team's winning. This team may lose hundred games. Yeah, I was checking out their lineup earlier today. You got Seth Brown, Elvis Andrews. It was Chad Pinder. It was, it was not very good. Like, get a third baseman who had a very generic game who I've never heard of. They got right now slide out third. So it, it's going to be very tripling time, especially when the team across the bay for them seems to be pretty promising. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough year in Oakland. We, we can definitely say that. And I would say uh, Montes and Manea will probably, I'd say 99% those two will be gone by the trade deadline. I also kind of want to hear your thoughts on uh, Lang Lears, who they got from the Braves. He's supposedly one of the best catching prospects in the league, Shea Lang Lears. Um, he hasn't been talked about a ton, but he's definitely been kind of creeping up prospect page here. So I know they already have Sean Murphy, but and he's still pretty young. But do you think they would also maybe look to package Murphy into a trade and maybe wait for Lang Lears to come up and use him as their starter? That's definitely be interesting. I know Murphy does have a couple more years of arbitration versus the guys that just traded. Also, they have another catching prospect who they just got in last year's draft too, as well. So, and they also have a guy Austin Allen is pretty good catching prospect too. So they have some really good catching prospect in kind of their system, which is interesting because they have a catcher. It's not like the outfield or like the infield where you can like potentially move guys around. Like these guys usually either usually catch or they play DH, and usually don't like playing two catchers at DH. He's like always having a backup catcher on the bat just in case. So it's really interesting to, have to see how they play out. I know, uh, I know Shane probably has not like one or two more years before he's going to be major league ready. So they'll probably get that time to see if this seems to be anything kind of relevant in the next two years. And then they'll probably pot off Murphy. But I know he still has a couple more years of arbitration. So his value is probably really high right now. That's probably not the best incentive for the team to get rid of probably. I'd say at this point on this roster, he may be actually one of their best offensive weapons, and he's kind of an average bat. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see here them stacking catching prospects. So uh, I expect to probably we'll probably know a better answer here probably at the end of the season of going into the 23, 23 season. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're on the A's as well, too. We'll talk about Matt Chapman, who they also shipped off. Uh, they shipped off the mats, the corners. Um, of their franchise and of their infield. Chapman went to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I was not too thrilled about that as a Yankee fan because, well, Chapman, you know, doesn't really hit for average. He's still one of the best defensive third basemen in the league, and he can still swat home runs. And especially in that Toronto Blue Jays lineup, I mean, he's like the six hitter. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to face Matt Chapman as the six hitter in any team's lineup if you have a lineup that is good enough to have Matt Chapman as a six hole. Yeah, exactly. I think Chapman, the real bonus here for the Blue Jays is you, you're going to have a really solid third baseman because kind of complement the other guys in the lineup you can hit. Chapman did really struggle last year. I think his average down like 219 before the previous year when he was like talking to MVP chat during the pandemic uh, shortened season. So it would just see how he'll bounce back this year. 
playing in a lineup where he doesn't really have to be the main guy. Last year, the age, he was definitely kind of like, he needed to be the number two, three, three hitter in that lineup right behind Olsen. And when also when they had Marte in the lineup too, he was kind of the important kind of three piece there. Now in this lineup, he's going to be, he's going to hit, he can hit lower, he can be less pressure. So it's really on him just like clean defense and have timely hitting. He is to get some interesting guys back here. One of the guys that they get back, who I mentioned, the generic name guy, Kevin Smith, is will be their starting third baseman this year. Like I said, I have no idea who this guy is, but they did get some other uh, interesting pitching. They also got another pitching prospect uh, back. So, like I said, the agent is at this point just stacking prospects. I think these two deals are better than the deal they got when they made the deal of Chris Bassett for for Mets. Like when they did that deal, it didn't seem like the return was really that great, especially for Bassett, who's definitely a a solid number two and could be a one on some teams starting wise, especially with now at the match, he's going to be, they probably got one of the best rotations as long as all those guys stay healthy. The, the return definitely got better as, as they started making more moves here. So it's just the ace stacking prospect. We'll see how the MLB.com rankings come out in two days and see how they kind of break them. Like I said, we probably expect Pache still to be uh, the number one prospect for this team. He'll, he'll also be on the major league roster too, as well. So they've had a lot of prospects and the goal of the year, like I said, is for his to break down in two or three years, they're back to being, you know, kind of the team that's on a fringe playoff team and do the same thing over and over again. That's how the cycle happens or until the end of stadium or until the leap remains. That's just how it is. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think Patchy will be one of their best players this year too. If he can uh, take a step with the bat, I mean, they're going to have a pretty solid player with him. So let's move on to some of the other big free agents now that uh, did sign away from the ACE. Carlos Correa in a very surprising move went to the Minnesota twins. He it was, there was speculation on where he was going to go as the dominoes started falling and uh, teams started getting their shortstops. And I, a lot of people thought he was going to sign with the Yankees after all this happened, but the Yankees had also made it known that they really didn't want to spend. He does end up with the twins here three years. I believe it is his yeah. contract is only three years and it has opt outs after every single season. So awesome job by his agent uh, doing that. Cause if he stays healthy this year and has a good season, he's going to opt out at age 28 and sign a six, seven year mega deal uh, next season when the market becomes better. So all, all he's got to do is perform with the twins, which I I mean, will be pretty easy. They have a pretty solid lineup still. They still have Miguel Sano in there. Uh, Alex Kirillov is going to probably take another step this year. You still have Byron Buxton, if he can stay on the field and, with this move, they were able to make this move because the Yankees took on Josh Donaldson's contract. And that's what I am. As a Yankee fan, I'm furious about that. You take on Josh Donaldson's contract, who's 36, and he has an absurd 50 million left on a two year deal. And you're going to take this guy from them as your big offseason acquisition. I know this is a little bit later in the show. I'm going to talk about the Yankee. I'll save it for that. I'll save it for my Yankee segment because as a fan of the New York Yankees, I'm livid at them. Their front office. I, I don't know what happened. George is George is dead and they Hal doesn't want to run the team like George. And it's, it's pretty aggravating to have a shot to really be one of the best teams in the league. And they just are focused on saving money, but I'll rant a little bit more about that later in the show. Correa did go to the Twins. Um, the Phillies are gearing up. The Phillies are interesting there in the NL East. Uh, they signed Nick Castellanos along with Kyle Schwarber. Those are two awesome bats. Their defense is going to be very suspect this year, but those two bats and Castellanos and Schwarber, wow, pair that with Bryce Harper. 
that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous middle of the order. Exactly. You know, at this point, they signed Bryce Harper to a 13-year contract. Like, we were three, four into it, and they had still have made the playoffs. Like, they got to make that jump now, especially with that extra wildcard team coming in this year. Present opportunity for a team like the Phillies to really kind of go out and say, okay, we have this guy who is a top five player in the MLB. We have this massive 13-year contract. Let's do something. Let's not be like the Angels and Mike Trapp, you know? So they're, they're really going to go for it here with this lineup. We still have uh, Aaron Nola out there. So th- this team is still going to be very good. Like we talked about before, the analysts still going to be good. But the Braves, the Mets, theoretically, should take a step forward. But you never know because they're the Mets. They're the so, Mets, yeah. And, and the Nationals should bounce back. I, I would I would assume so. There's too much young talent for them not to bounce back. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Like this, this is going to be a very competitive division. And the Phillies have basically said, yeah, we're we're going we're going to go try to be a playoff team. We're going to spend the money, and I, I think it will work for them. I, I I expect the Phillies to kind of make that jump, especially now with the extra team here. I, I think they can really get to make a playoffs. I don't know if they're going to be a World Series contender or kind of kind of win some series yet, but they're definitely in that range of yeah, they could be a, a playoff team. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. I think you're right. They can't waste Bryce Harper's prime, just like the Angels are, Mike Trout. So am I forgetting any other three free agents? I'm trying to think. Some big ones that signed after the lockout. We got Correa. We got Freeman. We got Castellanos and Schwarber. Okay, we can talk about one, but you're not going to be happy talking about this. We can talk about Trevor's story. Yeah, that's one I forgot. I don't know how don't know how I forgot. Yeah, Trevor Story signed with the Red Sox, and I am very, very disappointed because Trevor Story is one of my favorite players in the league. I think I've made that known on past uh, uh, shows that Freddie Freeman and Trevor Story would probably be two of my favorite non-Yankee players in this league. And now Trevor Story signed what like a six or seven year deal for the freaking Red Sox, and that just yeah. I can't like Trevor Story anymore. It's over. I did it just. I mean, I can like him a little bit. I do like some of the Red Sox players a little bit, but I can't. I can't root for him. It stinks. It, it really stinks. Yeah, a story getting six years, hundred forty million dollars, so an ABV of uh, twenty three million dollars per year. So I'm just to see what story got versus what Correa got. We could say like arguably, yeah, story's a little older. Uh, you'd argue they're very similar players. Correa, Correa had like a little higher OPS last year, but. The, the Korea contract is actually genius. Did you got the highest ABV possible? And if he has a good year, you can just opt out. So, like, the, that contract is genius. Like I said, like, you probably could have got – probably, the contract probably went close to the summer story. It probably went, like, a 26, 27 ABV if you want, like, a six, seven-year deal. But for him to kind of like, okay, let's get bet on himself, get a three-year deal, and get a really high ABV. Like, that's really smart by him and his agent. So, that's kind of a big one. Other other guys that signed around, I know uh, Verlander, he ended up re-signing with – with uh, Houston, two years for uh, $25 million per year, so $50 million total. I guess another one. And then the uh, the Giants right, had a pretty big piece, pitching piece there. We get uh, Carlos Rondon, the uh, the left-hander from the White Sox on a two-year deal. So uh, he's going to replace Gosman, who had a pretty good year last room, kind of slide into that role. And I think he has a pretty good opportunity to show success for, uh, for the Giants. Yeah, definitely. The Rondon sign for the uh... – Giants is definitely a really good one. Like you said, it replaces Gosman and gives them maybe a little bit more upside as I think Renone's a little bit younger. Right back to the Red Sox really quick. The story sign is very interesting too, because story has made it known he wants to play shortstop. Obviously Xander yep. Bogarts has played shortstop for them and won two world series with them. Does 
that means Xander Bogarts opts out after this year? He either has an opt-out or his contract expires after this year. I don't know which one it is, but I know he, I'm pretty sure he'll have the option to become a free agent at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what Bogarts does if he actually does want to re-sign with the Red Sox after, you know, they sign Story for that much money for six years, knowing that Story wants to be a shortstop. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first, you know, major Red Sox star to leave, you know, in the past couple of years. So I, I'm very surprised that, I mean, I know they gave Story obviously story's not making as much as Mookie Betts, but like if they were going to pay somebody that much money, I'm just kind of surprised they didn't pay Mookie, but that's up to the GMs. And obviously I guess they did have a different GM when that saga was going on. So yeah, sorry. I think it brings right into a team that did have a star Trevor story and ended up giving a bunch of money to another player, Chris Bryant. Like (laughs) I know we saw this, the Rockies good. Like, they know they're not a very good team. And then they just say, you know what? Let's just give a bunch of money to a player we're going to trade in two years. Literally. Why didn't they just re-sign Story at this point? I mean, Bryant and Story are pretty identical players, and they got pretty identical money. So what's the point? You were going to trade Story and go into a rebuild at end of last season. And now, like you said, you just signed Chris Bryant for a giant contract. Seven years. And, and if, yeah, and if you're Bryant too – why do you sign this deal? I can't imagine there were, weren't other teams out there pursuing him, giving him close to that money, at least close. And now you're going to go and play in Colorado for, you know, seven years and maybe be competitive. And you're like age 33, 34 season at the end of your deal. I saw this video, the Rockies posted the first day after Bryant got signed, he rolled up to camp in his like nice truck. And he looks at the cameras and he goes, Sorry, I'm late. The Starbucks line was long. Yeah. <laughs> like, Brian, he just doesn't care anymore. He's like, yeah, I signed with Colorado. I just want the money. <laughs> I just want the money. I want to hit home runs. That's basically all he cares about. Pretty much. I mean, if yeah. that tickles your fancy, Chris, I, I guess <laughs> go for it. But yeah, you're not really going to have any success there in Colorado. I mean, they have Bryant, Charlie Blackman, and Brendan Rogers probably is there. Like one, two, three punch. So yeah with very minimal pitching, not much bullpen. I mean, I guess throw CJ Crone in there too, but yeah, the Rockies are not going to be a good team again. They're not going to be the bottom of the barrel, but they won't be the worst. They won't be the Orioles. They will not be the Orioles. The Orioles are actually going to start to be good here in a couple of years though. I think Adley Rushman should be coming up and making a debut this year, but yeah, this year they still won't be good. All right. So let's move on. I'm going to take this time, Nick, you can put your mic away for, Probably five or ten minutes. I'm I'm gonna go on my Yankee rant. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna go get a snack. You know, maybe, maybe watch a couple of Netflix Make some shows. Dinner. I'll, 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 I'll be back in a little bit, guys. Enjoy the average show for a little bit, guys. Yeah, sounds good. So the New York Yankees. Oh, where do I start? The New York Yankees. Supposed to be, you know, a financial monster. They're always competitive. Always want to win. You know, they're taking some years and resetting the luxury tax. Okay, whatever. They're still putting out a competitive team. This year, you had such a good opportunity to go and make impact signings for your future. You gave Garrett Cole $35 million, and now you're going to start being frugal with your spendings and pinching pennies. It just does not make sense to me. They have a good lineup. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, awesome players. Glaber Torres, I think, should have a bounce back here. I don't think he'll be as bad as he was but you needed to add a couple of impact bats to this lineup and you're going to go out and pay, take on $25 million a year in salary to get Josh Donaldson, 
who's 36 and a former MVP. He's a former MVP. He's been a great player in his career. He is a good defender. Fine. But $25 million for that guy at his 36 and 37 age seasons with all these guys on the board, Correa, Story, Freeman, like you just, you needed to sign one of those impact backs. And you guys know, I really don't like Carlos Correa. If the Yankees would have signed Carlos Correa, I probably would have originally been upset. But in the end, if they did, he's going to be on your team and in your lineup. And I'm not going to not root for the team because of that. That would have been a great move to upgrade their bat. Even Story, Freeman, they needed a first baseman. So I'm kind of disappointed that they really didn't go out and spend on anything. And it's not like they didn't go out and just spend on batters. They could have gotten pitching too. And they let every single trade slash free agent pitcher just slip out of their hands. Their rotation is solid. It's not that good. It's not really going to get them to the World Series where they want to be. And then they went and traded Luke Voigt to the Padres. I didn't mind that deal because Voigt was kind of blocked anyway. Their infield is still kind of blocked at this point. Right now you have DJ LeMahieu as your uh, first baseman. So I don't really know how they're going to work that. Um, I think it was being talked about that they were also going to trade Miguel Andujar but that still hasn't happened. They haven't upgraded in any other way, shape, or form. Uh, the only two other big moves were um, to get Donaldson trading Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. I think that the loss of Gary is good and will help their lineup. Gary is not a strong hitter. I also wouldn't put it past him to go off in Minnesota, though. I think Gary Sanchez, in the middle of Minnesota's lineup, all the pressure off his shoulders – I think he hits 25 homers this season and drives in like 80, 80 runs. They also got some guy named Ben Road, Roadvert or something. He's supposedly a really good defensive catcher. Uh, their plan is to pair him with Kyle Higashioka um, as a catcher platoon this year. And uh, pretty much every game, your catchers are going to be hitting nine because those guys are not good hitters. So the catchers will be your nine hitter every game. I'm excited about Joey Gallo this year. I think he could definitely provide um, a good pop in the lineup. I think he's still going to hit his, you know, 200, but I think he'll um, do well hitting some home runs. Josh Donaldson, I've been very hard on him since the trade acquisition, but I'm not saying he won't be productive. We definitely could see maybe 20 homers, solid good uh, third base defensive play. And I don't know, 80 runs batted in. That's also if he stays healthy, though. Overall, not really good for the value that they got for him. $25 million could have been put somewhere much better. Um, one of the Yankees are also up there as one of the highest payrolls again, but their payroll just is not it, – it's not spread to good enough places. Um, they are also talking to Aaron Judge about an extension, and I, I, I will jump off a cliff if they don't extend Aaron Judge. That's a fan favorite. He stated he wants to be a Yankee for life. Aaron Judge needs to be your center fielder for at least the next eight years. And they need to give him the money that he deserves because he has been so good for this franchise. So that's kind of a preview of how I think this Yankee season is. I think the bullpen is still pretty solid and the starting rotation, if it stays healthy, is pretty solid as well. So that's going to be my New York Yankees rant. I don't think I forgot anything on offseason moves. Um, I still do think they finish fourth, uh, maybe third at best this season. Okay, 
Yankee right, rant done. Nick, you get your snack, you get your refreshment. Yeah, you're all so, set to go. Um, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the pod. There's a nice little breather there. I'll go ahead and give my quick 30 seconds on the Yankees here. Like I said, the extra playoff spot could actually really help out this team. So this team could, is probably going to finish third or fourth, and it could still make the playoffs. That's, but like I said, if you look at the AL with the AL West, I only see one, maybe two teams. Uh, one, yeah, one team has to come out. Two teams, maybe, if the Rangers actually put it together. Because I don't the other three teams. If the Rangers are good, but I don't think we quite make that jump. They look at the central twins, twins should be pretty good. Uh, White Sox, we know, are good, and then like the Guardians, no Royals, maybe no. So it's kind of like at this point, with that extra playoff spot, we actually could see four teams in one division make it, and this could be the division where it happens. So I guess that this isn't gonna be a team that's going to 100 games, but they're still gonna be competitive. There's there's still got a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. So, uh, that's kind of my thing. It's kind of like the team's already over. The, the tax threshold and they still want to spend money. Like they're already 25 million dollars So if, if I was really concerned, you wouldn't go over that number. So that's 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 interesting there. So uh I appreciate you uh sharing your thoughts here, Evan. I know a really big passion of yours. So we'll we'll see how this team does and see if they make any uh moves in season. Maybe get make get a hitting catcher or add some more pieces. I want so, pitching. Get, I want your pitchers. Yeah. Give me Frankie Mont give me at least Frankie Montes. All right, I we'll, think uh, that would be a great upgrade to their rotation. Montes is an amazing pitcher. We saw him live yeah. last year when we did our uh, yeah. pod together in the same only pod in the same room. Yep. Uh, when we went to Oakland to the A's game, we saw him absolutely light up the Astros. I love Frankie Montes. I think he'd be a great addition to that rotation. All right, we'll we'll go ahead and uh, work on a deal out pod and then uh, report it and see what deal we come up with. So work on that. Sounds part. good. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Um, team spending. Um, we're going to take a look at which teams kind of spent the most uh, this offseason and which spent the least. So I think this one's pretty obvious. The Texas Rangers were at the top of free agent spending this year. They brought in Marcus Semien and Corey Seager. I think they were both great moves for them. They're definitely an up-and-coming team, and I think they will be at the top of the West this year. I know they also have a bunch of prospects that the Yankees gave them in the Gallo deal that are making some noise in spring training. Keep an eye on Ezekiel Duran. Uh, he's a very good prospect that I liked um, coming up in the Yankee system, but obviously was a part of that Gallo trade. And he's already hit, I think, two or three homers in spring training. And I know you don't put a lot of stock into spring training at bats, but I mean, when a, a rookie that hasn't played in the majors yet is, you know, hitting home runs even during spring, you take a little bit of notice. So obviously the LA Dodgers are always up there in spending. Um, they took second and the Mets um, with the third most spending uh nick i'm going to kind of give it to you to talk about the middle and the end of this list yeah that makes sense because my team's at the end so <laughs> what one note is actually you can see the tigers who are going to be improved team but probably not yet play a team spent a lot of money this offseason and, and then after that's the place as we just talked about there and then it's colorado which is pretty funny so uh teams <laughs> at the teams at the end uh here are your usual suspect uh worst of all market teams we don't do much you got the a's you got the guardians you got the orioles and you get the pirates. These are like the four horsemen of like not spending money. So it's kind of like the Chinese thing here when you see like these total team salaries around like 30 to 40 million each. So basically you have teams fielding a Garrett Cole out there. So literally, literally, like I said, I mentioned earlier, like the A's basically got shamed into signing Stephen Vogue by Jeff Passens because he sent out a tweet with literally them saying they haven't spent any money this offseason. Like at, at this point, like there's gonna bring about the dudes. Like there's not like Eric Davis, like a minor league deal, so he'll probably be up eventually. I, I, I won't be surprised to bring Chris Davis back. Dude, they're just gonna stack guys from like 
you're in a, you're in a stack of team with a bunch of like band favorites in the past five years who aren't doing anything. So to me, in terms of the 35 year olds who were part of those playoff teams coming back, I'm probably, Moneyball, probably, man. They're going to run Moneyball again. Exactly. Get on base. Like, is, is, I'm, I'm still wondering, is like Eric Sogard available? You know, <laughs> can can we find more of these middle middle guys that the A's had during the mid-2000s to bring them back? I'm pretty sure you want to assess is out there somewhere. Bring him back. You know, just his brother's well. playing. His brother's playing. No, for his, the his brother's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, at this point, cousin, or is, I think it's his cousin actually. I don't think it's his brother. His strong relations, yeah. His, yeah, his strong relations, well, Suspicious. Yeah, Suspicious <laughs> is doing pretty well. So I would not be like at this point. They're just going to bring back a bunch of dudes. You got to bring back Mark Canna too. Mark Canna's on the Mets now, isn't he? Yeah, Mark Canna's on the Mets. He actually got some pretty good money. Like I said, they let all their guys go, and then they're bringing back all these old veterans. It's like I said, this team would shock me. This team wins more than seventy games this year. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just find it really funny that the Guardians payroll is literally less than Garrett Cole's salary this year. Like that's, I I just can't fathom that for that team. I I feel so bad for like some of these fan bases who are just like stuck in the, we will never, like if we have a good player, it's because we have them on an entry level contract and we brought them up as free agents. It just can't be fun. Uh, there's just times when it can't be fun. Like, like the Orioles, if you're an Oriole fan right now, you've had how many years now? Like four years of just pure misery. And Cedric Mullins has been your best player in those four years. And he's probably going to get traded here in the next year or two. And the one time, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the one time he did spend money as a guy who who forgot how to hit the ball. So it's like, (laughs) literally, (laughs) he just doesn't know how to hit anymore. Legit. I mean, he's, I, it's when you when you're one cast to do one thing, you should figure out how to do it. It's absolutely wild. Definitely. All right, so let's take a look um, next at the MLB win totals odds by DraftKings. And Nick, I'm going to kind of turn this into a little game for you. All right. Um, I'm going to get out my notepad here, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take each team. And I'm pretty much, you know, what I'll do it right here on our Google Doc. All right. All right. So we're going to go through these win totals, and I'm going to take an over under from you. And we're going to come back in one of the pods at the end of the season yep. and see how correct you were. All right. So, I, I know we, we were decent last year. We were, we're off on a few, but we, I think we had a generally pretty good last year. So we'll have to. I think, yeah, I should probably do it too, actually, because, yeah, we did do that last year. So right. let me take a slight pause here so I can get my notes up. All right. So I got my list up here um, and we're all ready to go for predictions. So uh, DraftKings. Odds, Baltimore Orioles, they had at 62 and a half wins. I'm going to take your over or under on that, Nick. Uh, I'm going to go under. I am also going to go under on the Orioles. I don't know, though, because it's tough to be that bad. But they have been, though. They have been. They they have been. I know, but I'm still going to take the under. But that's a very low win total. Uh, Red Sox at 85. Over. I will also take the over on that. I don't think it'll be much over. I think it'll be like 90 maybe, but I, I do think that they have some flaws with their pitching, but if they figure that out, it definitely could be like 95-ish. Uh, the Chicago White Sox are at 91 and a half. Over, that division still trash. Over. I am going to also take the over on that because you are correct. That division is trash and they have a very good team. Um, the Cleveland Guardians are at 76 and a half. Under. I am also taking the under. That is very, very wishful. I think the Royals will be better than them this year, too. 
Uh, the Detroit Tigers at 78 and a half. I'll take the over. This one, I'm going to take the under on that. All right. I'm going to take right. the under on the Tigers. I think it could go over, and I think you might be right, but I don't know. I still don't think they're that good. I don't think Javier Baez makes them that much better. I don't, I, I'm not a huge Javi guy. I don't think he's really that good, especially in a lineup where there's not much protection for him. I don't think he's going to uh, play that well. Uh, Houston Astros at 91 and a half. Um, I'm going to take the over on the Astros. I think you're still enough there. I, I agree. I still have a very good team. The only person they really lost is Correa. Um, I think they'll find a way around that. So I'll take the over on 91 and a half as well. The Royals are at 75 and a half. Under Granky, Granky's not going to have some blitz. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, their pitching is not strong enough. I think they will be better than the Guardians, but yeah. not by much. They're, they're pitching. They're, they're definitely have a better offense this year. I'm excited to see Bobby Witt play, yeah. but I think they're probably going to go under that figure. We have the Angels next at 83 and a half. This, ooh, that's, that's it's a tough one. one. Uh, that's, that's a tough one. I. They, I want to take the they added Cindergard. They did add a few pieces. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I'll I'll take the over. I think they can get to 84 wins. I, I agree with you. I think they're gonna be like at that 83, 84 mark. So it's gonna be pretty tight on it. Uh Minnesota Twins at 80. They I'll were 73 the, last year. I'll season. take the over. They're they're a better team now, Korea. Yeah, definitely. They're they're going over 80 wins, 100 percent Although we were very wrong on that the last time. That is true. We, that, 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 I, was the, I do remember that one being wrong. About it. <laughs> they, they did improve this offseason, though. So uh, the Yankees are at 91 and a half. Oof. That's a tight one. Yeah, it's a tight one. I'm going to go under. I think they're slightly under. I think they're around 88, 87. Okay. I'm going to take the over just because I'd like to think they could Confidence. win 92. Yeah. Confidence, and I think 92 could be like their ceiling, and they, they definitely have a possibility of getting 92. Uh, Oakland A's at 71 and a half. Uh, this is free money under. Yeah. No question. The Seattle Mariners are at 84 and a half. That's a tight one too. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take the under. Uh, they, they did surprise us last year. I still think they're ready, quite ready to make that next step their year away. Okay. I'm going to go with the over. I, I yeah. think they could win 85, 86. I don't think they're in the 90 win club, but I think they're darn close. They did upgrade. We, we actually didn't talk about that trade either. They grabbed yeah. Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez from the Reds who were definitely um, doing a fire sale. Yeah. They also traded Sonny Gray uh, off them to the twins too. So oh, yeah. Gary Sanchez and Sonny Gray are uh, reuniting. There I think Gary Sanchez is the one that ran him out of town. Cause <laughs> I think Gray was a good pitcher. Sanchez, he, just such a crappy catcher for him. Yeah. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are 89 and a half. I'll take the over. They're a good team. Yep. I'm taking the over on that too. The Texas Rangers, 74 and a half. Yeah, it seems low. I'm taking the over. That's very low. Definitely taking the over. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays at 91 and a half. I'm taking the over. This team's kid with 98 games. Yeah, I'm taking the over on them. Definitely. No doubt. And that's going to do it for the AL. I think we had the same picks for every team except for we we differed on tie, we differed on the Tigers. Tigers. We differed on Seattle. I know the that Yankees in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. So we only yeah. had three differences in that in in the AL. So let's shift over to the NL now. The Diamondbacks. They are at sixty six and a half. I don't think they got better, so I don't think 
I don't think it, that that warrants them being up at 66. So I'm, I'm going to take the under. I am with you. They're probably the worst team in the league, in my opinion. They're 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 pretty bad. Yeah. They're a pretty bad team. So I'm going to go with 66 under 66 and a half as well. Um, the Atlanta Braves, 90 and a half. Ooh, I'm going to go with the Shocker. I think it goes under, but I think you're a playoff team. I'm actually going to agree with you there. Yeah, I, I That is something I do agree. They didn't win that many games last year, but they still ended up winning the World Series. I think it's pretty similar this year. Uh, Chicago Cubs, 75 and a half. Uh, take the under. Uh, they had their fire sale last year. And I think they're still kind of rebuilding. I'm going to take the over. I, right. They are definitely rebuilding, but they did make a couple signs. I think Seiya Suzuki helps them out yep. um, quite a bit. And I don't think they're much over. 75 and a half. I think they could win 77 or something. They, they won't be dead last night, especially in the division with the Reds and the Pirates. Very true. I, I think they're going to have a, like they're going to be that middle team where they won't be as good as the Brewers and the Cardinals, but they 77 sounds good to me. Uh, Cincinnati Reds at 74 and a half. I'm going to take the end. I don't know if you can parlay uh, future wins, but if you can, taking the Reds and A's under, and I'd put every single asset I have on that. Like, yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Colorado, sixty-eight and a half. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the over on Colorado. I, I, I think they're. We all expected to be the worst team last year, and they end up being. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. So I, I think you get over six, sixty-eight. I agree with you. I'm gonna go over. It won't be much over, but it will be a little bit. Uh, Dodgers, ninety-six and a half. Over this team's winning hundred games. Yeah, definitely. Barring major injuries, they're winning hundred games. Uh, the Marlins are at 76 and a half. I think they're over. I, I don't know if they are uh, going to be a 500 team, but they're going to win 78, 79 games. Gotcha. I'm going to take the under. Yeah. I I think they could go over, but that's also the Marlins, and I, they really don't have a sense of direction. Their team is pretty similar, except for the addition of Jorge Soler, which to that lineup I don't think does much for them their pitching could prove me wrong and their young guys like Sixto and Alcantara could continue their war path, but I, I don't know. I'm going to take the under uh, Milwaukee at 88 and a half. I would take the over. I still think they're a pretty good playoff team. I will take the under on Milwaukee. I, they are definitely a good playoff team, but I don't think they're going to win quite 89, 90 games. I think they will be more around 85 uh, New York Mets, 89 and a half. I'm going to take the over, but like, because they kind of have to. They kind of have to win 90 games. Yeah. With that rotation, it's, I, so here's my thoughts. I think they will go over, or I think we have to bet them to go over, but I think they're going to go under. Yeah. No, I'm going to take the over because you'd be nuts to take the under. Under. Yeah. But I think the Mets will find a way to make Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom bad. Yeah. I think they will find a way. The Philadelphia Phillies, 85 and a half. Over, we talked about on this spot. This team's pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, they're going over. Pirates, oh boy. Ooh. 65 and a half. I, I, think, I have a good line for them. I'm going to take this slightly over. I think they're slightly, they'll slightly improve with those young guys coming up. Gotcha. I'm going to go with the under. I don't think they win 65 games. You could be right. They could win 66, 67, but I'm going to take the under. Uh, San Diego, 88 and a half. Uh, probably the biggest disappointment last year, kind of how they fell off last month of the year. It, I'm gonna take the under. Uh, could, could push for a playoff spot, but I, I think they were they were really disappointing. I think still think maybe, especially with that amount of talent, I, I still don't think it's well quite there for them. 
All right. I'm going to take the over. I think they do have the talent. And I think, I don't think last year was quite a fluke, but I, they definitely have the talent to go under that or over that win total. So I'm going to bet on them this season. Um, the San Francisco Giants, 85 and a half. Uh, this is a good line. I think they're slightly over 86, 87. I, I agree with you. I think they will go just a bit over. Remember last year when we we're like, there's no way they win. I don't even know what it was at. It was probably yeah. like 70 something. We're like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. And then they were, they just rattled off 90 and took yeah. first in the division. Yeah. Or they were over 100, weren't they? No, they, they, they won 107 games last year. That's absolutely wild. Yeah. They completely just screwed us over. Yeah. All right. The St. Louis Cardinals at 85 and a half. Uh, they're still pretty good teams. I'm, I'm going to take the over on the Cardinals. I agree with you. I'm going to take the over on them. They're, they're still solid. Uh, the Washington Nationals at 71 and a half. Uh, don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they'll bounce back a little bit. I'll take the over 71 and a half. I agree with you. I'm going to take the over on them as well. I think that's pretty low. All right, so we differed a bit more on that one. We differed on the Cubs, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Pirates, the Padres. Yep. So four or five, right? As yep. opposed to the AL's three. All right, so we've got our list for over and unders of this season. We will come back um, at the end of the season and see how we did. Yep. All right, so we're going to kind of move on. For those of you that don't know, Nick and I have kind of been participating with this app called Prize Picks. Um, it's pretty much a gambling app that is available in most states. Base of it is you parlay players together but it's based on their stats. So you can pick their separate stat categories and prize picks provides you a line and you pick whether you think they're going to be over under like we just did. So Nick and they have um, futures MLB picks in there right now before the season. And Nick and I are going to kind of give you what we think are our um, two power play parlay locks. So Nick, I'm going to give it to you to start with your two picks. Yeah, we'll go and give you our two picks of the way with prize picks uh, with our with two players, if you flex it, meaning if one of two hits, you can still get some money back. Uh, go with the power to 3x. So if you put five to win 15, I'm going to give you some of our picks. If all four of us hit, you can actually 10x your money. So you can actually win five to win 50 if all four of our picks hit. And I think we have some pretty good picks to share with you guys here. So uh, first pick I'm going to share with you here is going to be Matt Olson over 37 and a half home runs. Great cash, homie. So uh, with Matt Olson, uh, the reason why I really like this line where it's at, last year he had 39 home runs. Uh, we are slightly under this in 2019 when he had 36. And in the pandemic shortened season, he had 14. So if you kind of do the numbers on that, that'd be around 40 for 162-game sample size. Look at here, he's actually projected to hit 40 home runs by Fantasy Pros. It's a, a pretty renowned website for when it comes to daily player projections. So uh, liking that number there. And the final thing I like about Olson is uh, when I go into kind of like the ballpark factors. So basically what MLB Savant does, it kind of ranks uh, ballparks kind of with 100 kind of being a median and above 100 being it's very like hitter friendly and below 100 would be very pitcher friendly. He's actually going to go to the park factor of with the Braves, which is actually uh, 103. So it is hitter friendly. That's actually ranked uh, the sixth most hitter friendly ballpark in, in the major leagues. It's pretty good. He's also going to play against the Phillies, which is number seven. And he's going to play against Nashville, which is number five. And also the, I believe the uh, Mets are also pretty up there as well. So uh, if you look at that, he's, he's going to go play in a ballparks where he can hit a lot of home runs. So I think it's a really good line to look at and a pair with any, either my second pick or one of uh, Evan's two picks here. So uh, the next pick I really like I want to talk about is 
Uh, something a name you probably wouldn't think of, uh, but Robbie Ray over strikeouts. Reason we like this last year, he was very good. Uh, led the league in strikeouts at 248. And then also in 2019, he had 235. So those would both be over his 228 line. Uh, projected at 232 by Fantasy Pro, the same website had Olsen. And then he's going to play in a ballpark factor of 94 uh, with the Mariners, which is actually the uh, – because the uh, Rangers ballpark doesn't count because I'm doing sample based on the past three years. So it's actually like the most pitcher friendly ballpark based on the numbers from baseball savant. So if you look at those, those are two kind of wins that really stuck out to me for two overs you can, you can go. So we'll have a link for prize pick, more information in the bio. So if you want to give it a try, future bets should be going here until the start of the season. So you can go ahead, check your season. They'll actually have some daily stuff too going on for when games start uh, playing. So go ahead and uh, feel free to share your two picks here, Evan. Yeah. Um, I also want to say before my two picks, uh, prize picks, if you're somehow listening to this, like you should kind of sponsor us. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We, 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 we love, we love a promo code to share out with our, uh, with our, with our loyal three baggers fans out here. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know some of our listeners uh, do also participate in prize picks and hopefully more will now after this episode. So I'll go into my picks. I don't have as many stats to back them up as Nick does. I go more of a gut feel, and that's probably why Nick is better at prize picks than I am, because um, he is more of a numbers guy than I am. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my two picks here. Um, pick one is going to be Garrett Cole under his strikeouts. He's at 242 and a half. Um, he has only hit and gone over this um, number in three of his eight seasons. And like Nick said, Ray was the leader in strikeouts last year at two, what was it? Two forty-eight. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Cole was second and he did go over it last season, but I just think it's very difficult to string together that many like good seasons with strikeouts um, in a row. And especially with the division that the Yankees are in, they're facing a lot of high-powered lineups, and I think that strikeout, like he's still a really good strikeout pitcher, but I just don't think, especially with the Rays and the Blue Jays improving as much as they did, uh, he's not going to strike out quite that many batters um, this season. So uh, my lock is Garrett Cole on the under for 242 and a half. Um, my second pick is going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr., over RBIs, which is 113 and a half. Um, I, he hit that last year. He's in hitting as the hitter or the third hitter in, I would say the best lineup in baseball. So that dude is going to bring in runs. He's still like 24. He's going to be an absolute machine at the plate this year. He's going to be playing the Orioles for, you know, 20 plus games this year. He's going to face, he always plays well against the Yankees. Uh, he the, lock him in 114 RBIs. I think that's pretty automatic. So those are going to be my two prize picks. We're now going to move on, uh, talk about um, a rule change that kind of came in after the CBA. They switched it pretty quickly. Um, originally, when we came back, it, uh, the ghost runner on second base and extra innings was taken out and we were all rejoicing as baseball fans because it's the dumbest rule and it makes the game uneven and it's not a level playing field at that point. It's just whoever gets lucky and gets the base hit wins the game, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. We've already talked about this. They're returning that rule for no reason. Nick, I know you have different opinions on this, but. Yeah, I know. It's actually kind of funny how these, like, you know, like 
people that because they, they did this just to be like okay, just to just so you be like okay fans like we we still own you just be like we we, we know you're all excited about the season we got rid of all the rules you didn't like but we're we're still gonna show you who's in charge here I mean like I said I I have enjoyed the rule because like I said I've, I've always been a proponent of over, over time of a game should always be different than the actual contest of a game whether it's slightly changing a little bit the rule did did its job there were less uh 13 14 inning games to say pitchers arms it's better for it's better, it's better for teams if you're playing that many games. So that might my quick spiel on it. I know traditional you don't like it. it just, I get that argument. You know, it's different. It's not really traditional baseball. You, you play until a winner, da, da, da. But I like it. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see that it, it is back now this year. I, it probably will leave eventually. I That's my assumption. So I don't know when. Probably the following year when they do the rest of the rules we talked about in the last pod. So it, it's going to be back around this season here, Evan. We can only hope that it goes away soon. <laughs> All right. So that's going to take us to our very last segment here. Um, Nick found this really neat thing, uh, Wardle. So yeah. it is an MLB player guessing game. I'm going to give it to Nick to kind of explain and we'll get going with it. Yeah. It's kind of based off. I know um, if everyone's been on social media, you see the game Wardle taken off where like people guess a word every day by the little world. And there's a lot of variations. There's a variation called Pirtle, which is NBA players. And there's a hockey variation too, as well. So this is a baseball variation. So I, I know we're doing some audio medium. So kind of explain what we're seeing. So uh, basically we're gonna have eight guesses to guess an MLB player. Uh, we're going to see their name, uh, what league of division they play in, what they throw, what they hit, and then also age and position. So uh, based on that, we're gonna have eight guesses to guess this player. So hopefully we got someone well known, not just some um, random middle relief pitcher. So we'll see if we can do this here, Evan. All right, let's get it started. All right, what, you guys can't see, but we'll we'll read everything off. Okay, so what? Okay, so let's think of some some player kind of high twenties. It's probably going with American. That's still saying for said leave American. So what player do you think we should start off here, Evan? With ah. Uh... Let's start out with Matt Olson. We've been talking about him a lot. It's true. It's not Matt Olson. So it is going to go up based off last year, uh, team. So we'll have Olson based on the A's. So we're going to go with Matt Olson here. So looks like who we got here. We got Olson. We got the right bat. We got an American, but it is it is in the AL team because uh, the AL West is lit yellow. So meaning it's an AL team. Uh, we did not get the right team. We didn't get the right. He bats left, but he actually throws left. We know that. He is an American. He is not around the age 28, and he is definitely not a first baseman. So with that knowledge here, Evan, what do you think our next player guess should be? All right. So he's a lefty. He's going to be his American League. So we can guess. So you're going to think of a lefty pitcher, a lefty American pitcher, maybe someone on the Yankees or in the East, maybe a lefty pitcher you can think of, or even like a lefty outfielder. Try Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Gotcha. Gardy. Guardy. All right. So we know this player plays in the AL Central because the AL East was lit in yellow. So, all right. So he is a center fielder. He is a lefty. So that actually helped a lot. Yeah. But uh, so he's in the AL Central. He's in the AL Central. He's a center fielder. So I'm glad we got the position down. So, so basically, we have to think of an AL Central center fielder. So that like Marvel? bats and throws left. Bradley yeah. Zimmer. I don't know why Bradley Zimmer is coming out of my. Uh, okay. My mind, so. But... Zimmer throws right, so okay, so it wasn't Zimmer. Uh, it already, is, okay. we, it is, we did confirm it is a Yale Central. It is a center fielder, still American. So we still have five guesses here. Uh, it wasn't Cleveland, so we start guessing the other. I mean, the other AL Central team is probably a smart bet here. So is Luis Robert a lefty? I think he's a righty. I mean, we can guess it here because, like I said, it is a Central team. Unless you want to go with anyone else, 
maybe like hold on let me let me do a quick google search and see what luis roberts handedness is let's take a look he's a righty so it's not luis robert well buxton is buxton a righty let me check really quick byron buxton byron buxton is a righty all right so not buxton so we eliminated Um, so, so we're trying to think here. It could be. They, they didn't say he had to be a starter, though. So. Did not have to be a starter. So it could be a bench player. That would make this game incredibly more difficult here. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of maybe someone on the Royals. Maybe you know. Who was the Royals outfield fielder. last year? Yeah, that is a good question. I was not watching a lot of Royals, uh, or Royals baseball. To your who did they have? Was not. Let's see I'm gonna I look they... up their roster right now. Really I'm, quick. I'm uh, I know there was some I'm trying to think who was on. Oh, Michael Taylor was their starter. Yeah. Is Michael Taylor a lefty or a righty? Michael Taylor is a righty. Okay. <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing well here, Evan. We're, we're doing yeah, well. Great start. Great start. I mean, we can just start get, we can just like see if we can get the right team. Maybe that will help us here. So. Yeah. Try. I mean, yeah. So we got to go with. I guess just do Buxton, see if it's Minnesota, right? Yeah. Byron Buxton. Hear the nice police sirens outside my window. Gotta love that. Byron Buxton is not Minnesota. It is not Minnesota. So it's got to. Yeah. We can also look at here at age two, maybe. Uh, So Buxton is 28. Zimmer was 29. Carter was 38. So if it was yet, if it, if it was around their age within two years, it would have been yellow on our screen here. So, so it's gotta be a younger person. So it's gotta be younger and younger or someone slight. Yeah. So it's gotta be like mid thirties or someone really young in the option here. So kind of recap what we have now, we've guessed uh, five, we've guessed one, two, three, four, four players so far. We've identified it is an AL player in the NL central. We identified it as an American player. We've identified it as a center fielder. They bat left. So we still have three more teams in the AL Central to guess. So uh, trying to think of who can we guess here. I guess that'd be some other option for the Royals. I think we should use this next one to just knock another team off the list. So try just put in Andrew Benatendi, I guess, right? Yeah, I think in Benatendi, maybe, yeah. He's not a center fielder, but at least it'll not knock the Royals off or confirm if it is the Royals. It is not the Royals. It's not the Royals, but like Benatendi was a lefty. And, and like I said, it, it is, so this player also has played left a couple of games. They are primarily a center fielder, but someone who, who has played left. Uh, it's, it's still someone who is much younger than 27. That's still great out for us here. So uh, still have two more teams left here in the AL Central to guess, see if we can get the right team here. So who do we got left? The Guardians and the... Not the Guardians. We already have Cleveland there. So oh, yeah, yeah. So got, sorry. It's so, the... so White Sox. Who are we missing? <laughs> I know this is, this is not good. Yeah, this all this always happens to us. It's is the it White Sox or the oh my oh, ti- goodness, oh, Tigers. It's the the Tigers. Jeez. Oh, I completely forgot about the Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> the Trey Tigers, man. I, Yikes, they're very forgettable. Uh, what about uh Badu? Yeah, that might be it. Is he a lefty? I'm gonna look up his baseball reference right now. Got it, because that's. I know he's an outfielder. He does. He is a lefty. It's got to be Akil Badu. It is Akil Badu. We got there it. There we go. There we Akil go. Akil Badu, we got him. We got him in six guesses. We probably could have got him if you remember the Tigers existed, but. <laughs> we just forgot about the Tigers' complete existence. Sounds about right. 
Yeah, so we'll go ahead and link uh, this to uh, it's it's a daily game. You can play it every day. Uh, new player shows up. Like I said, like it helped that this was a starter. Some days I, I played this. We had been like it was like middle relievers. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this. But yeah, so you can go ahead and try it out. Get it, it guys. We're able to get in six. So I think it's a pretty good job by us, uh, kind of combining here, getting it in the uh, first time for you playing, Evan. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't know this existed, and uh, I'm gonna go do it every day now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go ahead and tweet out our results here as well uh, off the three baggers so you can track us, see how we do. Definitely. All right, guys, thanks for listening to episode 25. Uh, it's definitely going to be a longer one. Um, we're getting geared up and ready to roll for the baseball season here. Uh, we'll probably have at least one more episode before opening day on April 7th. Um, so we look forward to talking to you guys before then. Nick, I'll uh, give it to you to take us out. Yeah, appreciate you guys. I know this is a pretty long episode. We uh, wanted to get a lot of things out there. Uh, now we're kind of on a better recording schedule over here. So uh, make sure you are subscribed so that we get the notifications of podcast drops. Uh, go to Redbubble so you can get your uh, free bagger in Ebor City electric chicken gear. And as always, I'm not going to buy my kids an encyclopedia. Let them walk to school like I did. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.